I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on all of that all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. If she is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Antique Camper Heavy Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the north side towing of St. John's Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to another edition of Horsepower Happenings on a overcast and I wouldn't call it chilly, but it's definitely not summertime weather Monday evening, but it's beautiful nonetheless. We'll have great racing this weekend as we head into Independence Day weekend, but we'll have a show before then, so we'll save the don't blow your thumbs off until next week. Until then, let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Nashville's Super Speedway was the home for all three of the NASCAR top tier sanctions. On Sunday night, it was Ross Chastain who smashed watermelon all over the Southern South and uh, picked up the win. AJ Allmendinger continuing to set the world on fire in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And how about Carson Hosevar? He got one and he made it legit, right? People can argue, oh, you won an overtime race. They wrecked coming off the four. That win was just a gimme. This one, he earned. Carson Hosevar, a two-time winner now with the NASCAR Truck Series. Steve Nagels picked up round number two of the Grand Slam at Plymouth Speedway in the Outlaw Super Late Models. Jason Fager grabbed the win at Lincoln in the Dirt Car UMP Summer Nationals Hell Tour, giving him multiple wins and the title of Week 2 champion. Stormy Scott celebrated his first career Summer Nationals Hell Tour win at I-55 Speedway. Brady Bacon and Cody Swanson grabbed USAC-sanctioned wins over the weekend. Bacon in sprint cars, Swanson in the Silver Crown. RTJ Ricky Thornton Jr. collected his first-ever Firecracker 100 at Lernerville Speedway with the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. And David Gravel cashed in. A blown engine for Buddy Kofoid resulted in a $250,000 payday for Gravel at Houston's Speedway with the World of Outlaws. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. That's a busy Motor City Minute, Zach. I'm telling you, we had a huge weekend of racing. We had a lot of headlines to get in there. Yeah, uh, I... I had one night of racing, so that was pretty nice. <laughs> uh, you you want to know how many racetracks I saw this weekend? Zero. Zero. Right? I can't tell yeah. you. When's the last time that happened, right? <laughs> and and will happen again this year. Okay? Right, exactly, for sure. But you mentioned all the headlines, a lot going on. Uh, more to dive into from the national headlines. Yeah, I, w- I was trying to catch up as much as I could, Zach, with the World of Outlaws case, case construction lay models. Uh, they had a busy weekend. In the heartland of America, uh, they kicked things off Friday and Saturday with a doubleheader at I-81 Speedway, Zach, in Wichita, Kansas. Brandon Shepard would take the win on Friday with Dennis Erb Jr., believe it or not, Zach, picking up his first World of Outlaw late model win in 2023. That's a surprise. He is not having the kind of year he had one year ago. Uh, and then on Sunday, it was Bobby Pierce picking up the ser- his series win uh, number three of 2023 in the seventh of his career in the world of outlaws at the off-road speedway in Norfolk, Nebraska, a busy week, Zach coming up for the world of outlaws. They kick off things tomorrow at the Mason city motor speedway in Mason city, Iowa, followed by Wednesday at red river Valley speedway in Fargo, North Dakota. Then it's the weekend. It's Friday at river city speedway in grand forks, North Dakota and Saturday at I 94 EMR speedway in Fergus falls, Minnesota. So the world of outlaws, kind of moving up towards the northern tier 
for this weekend. That's right. And uh, more localized sprint car racing here in the state of Michigan. They're going to rename Silver Bullet Speedway to Max Frank International if this kid keeps it up. The uh, young driver from Williamston, Michigan, picks up his second career Great Lakes Traditional Sprint Series win. Started on the outside of row number two, but had his work cut out for him. Had to get around Jason Ferguson, R.J. Payne, and, oh, yeah, some guy by the name of Mike Galagia was up there as well. Galagia had problems in his number three, double zero machine and slid back to 16th by the time things were all said and done. Max Frank, though, out in front of the field, he picked up those three positions, was able to hold off Ferguson down the stretch. Jay Steinebach came home in the third spot. Payne would hold on for fourth. Ian Hunter, fifth. Then it was Joey Irwin in sixth. Mike Ostrowskis in seventh. Tank Brackenberry, eighth. Gary Hayward, ninth, and Joel Hummel in 10th. And if you're saying to yourself, self, I thought the flying zero was down there. He was, and he was down there. 12th place finish for Steve Irwin at Silver Bullet Speedway. So Max Frank, he's on my case, man. You got to get me a nickname. Well, it might just be Max the Silver Bullet Frank <laughs> at this point <laughs> because he's got that place figured out. Yeah, what did, did he, he won there once or twice last year, didn't he? Yeah, that's uh, his first correctly. career win came there at uh, Silver Bullet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Manzac Hartford Speedway uh, played host to the late models. There was some weather going up in the northern regions, and and some guys went down. And, man, J.R. Hadovy picked up a win at Hartford Speedway. And and you go through this, Zach, you go through this finishing order. Uh, J.R. Hadovy took the win. Justin White, Rusty Schlenk third, Eric Spangler fourth, Ryan Ruhlman, uh, then followed by Phil Osra, Justin Pauly, Chad White, Brian Johnson, and Nicholas Fenner. What do you notice? about that finishing what sticks out to you about well, that well uh what sticks out to me about the finishing order specifically is that if you look at the starting order they're pretty close to the same thing <laughs> so uh but here's the thing when's the last time late models ran at hartford speedway it has been a minute since they've been there and i think it was a hell to a race so it's one time a year um, so uh, caps off to the promoters of this show. It wasn't a Tim and Leah Dibble show. Um, so caps off to those guys with the Midwest Dirt Compact Touring Series for coming in and putting the show on, Rich. It was a great tune-up for the Hell Tour coming up in a few weeks. And just to clarify to the listeners, uh, the most improved positions, multiple drivers with three. That's yeah. what Zach was talking about when they started very close to where they finished. Passing was at a premium at Hartford Speedway, that is for sure. Speaking of passing being at a premium, it's not just a Hartford Speedway problem or a dirt track problem. Uh, and we're not saying it's necessarily a problem. Passing being at a premium can sometimes create really good races uh, where guys have to get creative. Uh, but passing was at a premium Saturday at Owasso Speedway for the must-see racing sprint cars, their first visit at the freshly repaved Speedway in 2023. And it was Jimmy McCune, who'd come from the outside of row number one to pick up the win. He would hold off drivers like Davey Hamilton Jr., Charlie Schultz, the defending champion. Bobby, here we go, Rich. You know how much I love these last names. Bobby Kamazarski. Am I close? Kamazarski? That's got to be I'm close. That's a new one to me. All right. Well, uh, Bobby's from uh, Lake Wiley, South Carolina. So if it gets back to you, Bobby, please let me know. Uh, Bobby Santos the third finished in the fifth spot ahead of uh, Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer Jason Blonde. Dorman Snyder in the seventh spot. Rick Holly eighth. Ninth went to Teddy Alberts, and uh, tenth was Kevin Mingus, who uh, finished out the top ten. And then how about the must-see racing sprint car 
Sprint Lights Division, this kind of new division they brought on a couple of years ago. J.J. Hennis picked up the win from the fifth starting spot. He was on the move, and uh, he held off Sawyer Stout, Andrew Bogus, and uh, Joshua Sexton, Charlie Schultz finished out the top five. So good show for the must-see racing sprint cars at Owasso Speedway. And, Zach, on the phone lines now, we have the gentleman that picked up the win at Owasso on Saturday night. Uh, win number two on the season for the must-see racing series for this gentleman. Uh, he's a native of Toledo, but currently lives in Petersburg, Michigan. Jim McCune, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Man, a couple wins wanted Owasso this weekend, Birch Run uh, last month. A couple tracks that are awfully similar, except for the pavement itself. Talk about that new pavement on Saturday. That was a trick, man. Um, yeah, we were, we were not good almost all day. Uh, I mean, I don't even really think we were that great in the, in the feature, but, uh, um, just struggled. Um, the, you know, the racetrack was so worn out before you could kind of run anywhere you wanted to. And almost the third groove was kind of the preferred line around that place with a sprint car. Um, but the new pavement, uh, and the new walls and everything was, it was pretty wicked, um, and hard to get a hold of for just about everybody. We've talked to a lot of guys that have raced on, on, on the on the new pavement at Owasso in various different classes, and they're all saying it just needs a little more time. That maybe the best that track's going to be is maybe the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. I mean, yeah, I don't usually have a whole lot of issues getting the car to hook up, and you know, we were just kind of out to lunch almost all day. I mean, we picked up a good amount in uh, in qualifying from practice speeds, and you know, we qualified where the fastest cars were in practice, but you know, some of them guys just went out there and you know, just burn off some laps and, and they were extremely fast, but, uh, yeah, the surface was just tricky to keep a hold of. And I thought it might tighten up towards the end of the night. And, uh, you know, when the sun went down, cause it was so hot and it sort of did, but didn't, it was just strange. Talk to me about what you're able to do. Um, because sprint cars are such a wild animal, uh, and so different than anything else that we see. Um, you know, for a lot of guys uh, and fans who are part of the fendered world and, you know, you're the only, you're really the only division that you guys can kind of move air around as you're racing. So talk to me about what you're able to do inside that race car. You know, back in the pitch, you and your crew throw, throw whatever you can at it to try to tighten it up. But what else can you do out on the racetrack, like what you said, during the feature, the sun goes down and it just doesn't tighten up the way you think it's going to. What sort of things are you able to do inside that car? Um, I mean, well, we've got an adjustable wing, so we can move that forward and backwards. Um, and it does give us a little bit of wing angle change, but... Um, a lot of just, a lot of it is moving around the racetrack, kind of trying to find out, you know, where there's the most grip, um, you know, in this particular situation, there was just none other than the bottom of the racetrack where everybody had been running. So it was really hard for anybody to get up into the second groove and move around. Um, I had tried, I started on the outside, um, and had a pretty decent run through, but just, you just couldn't carry any speed like you normally would. A lot of times, I mean, if that progressive banking in one and two, used to be able to just kind of get up in there and, you know, just hammer down and, and let the car roll. But it just wasn't that case. I mean, during the feature, I mean, we threw a little bit of everything at it uh, right before the race started. Um, I mean, we never stopped working all day and all evening. And um, first 10 laps, we were pretty free. And then the car was fairly neutral. I had moved the wing back a couple inches and, uh, you know, the car came to life and we rolled through the middle of the race pretty good. And then the last 10 laps of the race, I was pushing like a freight train and, you know, I just, <laughs> Hey, it, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was a really fine line of, you know, don't it hit your marks and not miss the corner and miss the groove. Cause then when I did, it just pushed even worse. And I knew if, uh, if I gave Davey too much of an opening that it was over. 
Talk to me about uh, one other thing, too, because I've heard some dirt guys talk about even making shock adjustments inside the car. Is that something that you're able to do? No, unfortunately, the only thing we get to do is just the wing. Is that, a dirt, I mean, I mean, is that, is that primarily a dirt thing where you can kind of change the pressures in the car or, or talk about that a little bit? Because obviously you're on the um, dirt side, too. Yeah, the dirt stuff, I mean, I, you know, it's been a long time since I've run any non-wing stuff, but I know they've got, got a lot of rebound adjustable stuff. Um, compression side, I don't know what they have as far as adjustments are concerned. Okay. Um, with the wing dirt cars, we don't run anything adjustable. It's so. funny you mentioned that, too, because I didn't even tell you. that it was. I was talking with Steve Irwin, and I heard him say, well, I changed the, you know, made some adjustments on the shocks, and I was totally blown away by that. I didn't realize that that was one of the things that you guys could do in the car. How hard was it at Owasso? We saw, um, for me, my only race experience was the CRA series, where we saw uh, a couple, I mean, you can count on one hand how many passes were made on the outside you started on the outside front row were you able to get down to the inside right away and how did you navigate lap traffic at owasso um you know we we stuck on the outside for a minute because the the pole sitter had, had uh raced me pretty hard for a lap or so um and you know i kind of ran through the middle trying to just see if i could get the car to roll out there and then i finally just had to you know chop them off a little bit and move down to the bottom and and just race from there but um yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of passing. I mean, a couple of guys moved around. We had a couple of restarts. Uh, I think the uh, first caution, I restarted on the outside because I had rolled the corner pretty good, and I felt confident, you know, going into one with that. And uh, we did that, and then we had one about halfway, and I went to the bottom because it was a short caution, and the car had come alive on the bottom. So I chose uh, chose the inside row that time, and, and then it, it paid off for us. Jimmy, you said the, the progressive banking kind of threw you for a loop a little bit. Um with having a whole night on it and you be able to work on that car, uh, does that really help you now where you guys have an idea when you go back there next, uh, that you're going to be a whole lot closer? Absolutely not. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I said, I don't even think we were that good in the feature. We were just better than the rest at that point. You know, we just got lucky and, and found a little bit of a combination that worked. And, you know, like I said, we moved around the racetrack and I went lower than I had been all day. Um, just trying to find something and, you know, then it was just gas it up and, you know, just try to give him the outside because I knew it was going to be hard to pass. So, you know, let him have the outside and if he could do it, more power to him. When we last talked to you, you didn't know how you were going to feel inside of the seat of a race car, but uh, obviously, right. You know, you hadn't been in a race car for quite a long time. Um, two wins later, feeling quite a bit better, I assume. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was real. It was really strange. We went up and did some testing at Birch run uh, a few weeks before we raced and, uh, I got back in the car and I went out and just did a little shakedown on a new, you know, we just built the car again. So we just, you know, every time I do a new build, I kind of just go out and give her a little half shakedown and, and run it hard, but not hard and just kind of get a feel for the car and the brakes and make sure everything feels right. And man, the second time I went out and I just let it eat and I felt I didn't, I, I felt like I didn't skip a beat. Um, so that made me feel really good. And, and that's obviously, so. you know, we talk about that side of things because of how long you were out of the car. Um, this, of course, was due to your accident last year in the dirt car. And you got hurt, you get burnt, and, you know, you're able to come back. One of the things we asked you about when we had that big interview with you was, what's it going to be like to get back behind the wheel after such a significant injury? And you said, point blank, I don't know, I've never done it before. Um, so now I have to ask, what about the dirt car? What was that experience like the first time that you got back behind the wheel of that? So that was actually my first legit race back. May 13th, um, I think, right? Back at Butler. I, yeah, I, I don't know the exact date, but yeah, that was probably it. But it was back to Butler, exactly where it happened. First race back, 
we're at Butler, you know, and it's your green, white checkered. There's your hot lap and your qualifying session all <laughs> in luck. one. And to say the least, I was, I was, uh, extremely nervous that that one it got me the qualifying laps just had me you know wigged out so to what extent um, i mean was there ever a point where you thought man maybe this isn't for me anymore let's just stick to the pavement stuff or i mean how bad was it no i was just nervous i was just extremely nervous we got those three laps over and by the time i got in the heat race i felt fine um we've been back twice since then we ran seventh uh, a few weeks back um and we ran 12th the other night um we just uh, made too many changes and got the car a little bit way too tight for, for what, what we needed to do, and we just couldn't roll the corners. But, I mean, it's been a huge learning curve, but it's been a fun learning curve. So, um, And we're going to – now that we lost uh, Rockford uh, this coming weekend, we've got a few weeks we can go play on the dirt, so that's well, what we're going to go do. And that's the thing, too, is, you know, I, I think that lost in your accident was the point of going back to dirt, and that was that you hadn't done it in so long and, and you know, kind of – wanted to have some fun again, right? A, a little bit different pace. Yeah. Just the challenging part of it, you know, something completely out of my realm. I hadn't done, I hadn't done a wing dirt sprint car in almost 30 years, you know, it sounds crazy, but yeah, that was that much. And even running any competitive dirt had been almost 20 years since I'd run a midget, you know? So when, when's the, la- kidding. when's the last time that you and, uh, and Jason blonde, uh, convoyed from Lorraine raceway park to Butler motor speedway. That's the other thing I want to know, uh, because that was kind of funny to see both of you guys there after going all the way to Lorraine. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, it's just fun. We, I mean, we're both having a good time doing it. We're both getting up there in the age of, you know, what do we want to do? And, you know, getting the opportunity to run some dirt and he's got a great opportunity with the team he's with. And, you know, it's just, you kind of just take it by the seat of your pants and, and go with it because, you know, at this stage it's, you know, I mean, who wants to give, you know, a 47 year old dude that's been running pavement for 20 years, a dirt ride. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. you know, Jason right. fell into it, but it, you know, his background was a lot of dirt. So, I mean, he fell right into it and he's a, a gas and sideways kind of guy anyway. So, I mean, it, it's right into his wheelhouse, but you know, me, Mr. Smooth, it's, it was way out of my wheelhouse and uh, you know, we're just kind of getting after it and having some fun. Jimmy, was any part of going back to Butler in in hindsight, get back to the scene of the crime as quick as possible and get over this? Um, yeah, I would say part of it was. I mean, there was part of me that did absolutely not want to go there first. Um, sure. I looked at going to Wayne County and maybe Attica or Fremont or just something, but the weather just had been so crazy. And by the time the opportunity struck, it was like, Butler's my only option right now. <laughs> so that's what we did. <laughs> And and tell me how good you felt at the end of the first night. Did you feel like you had a 50-pound weight off your shoulders? Oh, yeah, it felt great. It was just absolutely just felt wonderful. You know, we finished the night. We finished the race. Um, we only tore it up a little bit, you know, nose wing and stuff when somebody spun. But, um, yeah, it was just, just, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it was just surreal to finally just get that night out of out of my head. How, good. how have you been feeling in the car, by the way? Because I know that when we talked to you shortly after speed weeks, you know, it was you, you had to put some limitations on yourself as far as what you were able to do. Now we're back to the heat of summer. How are things working out? Yeah, in the car, I don't even really feel any different at all. It's kind of strange. Um, the worst issues I have is just kind of walking around the pits, especially on the on the concrete and, and, and stuff with the shoes. Sure. They're a little bit on the on the booger side, but. Um, other than that, I don't, I don't have any issues whatsoever in the car. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you took an opportunity and we talked about this in your last interview, but I just want an update. Uh, you, you kind of, you know, 
took the the fertilized soil and made something grow out of it um, with with the uh, bulldog performance. Uh, talk to me about how things are going that way with the safety and uh, all the things that you're offering there. Um, so far, so good, man. Uh, it's hard getting the word out there. Um, you know, I haven't been in the dirt world that long, so, you know, we're just kind of in them, you know, go every other week and stuff. So um, slow rolling process, but it's gone really well. We've uh, we've done a lot with the fire extinguishers, with seat belts, uh with a lot of safety equipment, um, Sparco, yeah, it's just been, it's actually been pretty damn wonderful. I wanted honest. to, I wanted to ask you about the suppression system because we remember a couple of years ago, Rich, when UMP made it mandatory that you get a suppression system for the late models, and that was kind of a big stink. Um, and then I never really heard about it for for any other division. But is my is is that am I saying that right? Is it a suppression system for a sprint car? Yes. Yes, it is. Talk to me about how this works, uh, kind of, you know, because you look at a sprint car and you wonder where in the hell is there going to be room for a fire bottle on that thing? So, and then plumbing it, right? So kind of tell everybody about this system that you got. Yeah, so our system is the SPA uh, technique uh, system out of Indianapolis and uh, their headquarters is in the UK. Um, we got to rerun a uh, five pound bottle. Um, it's a four fire system, um, which is a foam system, which is really good as far as I'm concerned after being burnt, um, to, to, to put out the fire. I mean, with the gas systems, it's kind of, you know, you got a lot more chance for reignition, which well, I'd rather, you know, once I was burnt when I got coated with that stuff, you know, I feel a little bit more confident that, you know, I can get myself out of that race car and not have that issue. Um, and the one thing I like about our system is that you can plumb the hose in the, in the aluminum tubing, you can run it through the car and the cockpit and put the, put the block wherever you want. Um, and you got two, two nozzle options to shoot that anywhere you want. Jimmy, I got to ask you, you brought up Rockford. I saw that, I saw that announcement this afternoon, um, from Jim, you guys have had some pretty good car counts from what I've seen. And, you know, this is actually kind of surprising. Did, and, and I didn't see a loss. Did you guys really tear that much stuff up to where they can't even make the race next week? Well, I mean, it's a tough situation. We've got, Probably half a dozen guys with motor issues. Um, I think there's a couple of guys going out to Colorado for a big race out there that's paying a two-day deal that's paying some good money. Um, Logistics-wise, it just didn't make a lot of sense as far as I was concerned and, and must see is concerned to to push forward and, and go about that because there's nothing worse than going to a racetrack and you know putting on a race with you know 10 or 12 cars. Um, it's unfortunate because Rockford, it's their last year. We run really strong there. We won a few races there. Um, I was really looking forward to it. It's one of my favorites on the schedule, but, um, for Mussie's sake, I think it was a great move by Jim to, to put this off and cancel it and, you know, just lick our wounds and try to get guys healthy again and get motors back together. And, you know, it's just been a, an issue finding parts. You know, I've got a guy calling me, uh, just today looking for some rocker arms, you know, just trying to help guys out. And, uh, I think I've located that for him, but, um, yeah, just a lot of failures. It's unfortunate. Do you think that this could linger past Rockford or do you think in, in the next couple of weeks that it's going to, it's going to sort itself out and you guys will be back to normal? Oh yeah. It'll sort itself out. We've got a two day deal coming up, uh, the middle later July 21st and 22nd, I think at uh, Birch run in Berlin. Um, so I think by that point, everybody will have their stuff back together and, you know, we'll be, we'll be at full tilt again. So I kind of want to echo Rich's thoughts too, because, um, you know, the sprint car world, we all know kind of what happened on the pavement side with uh, there was a little division and there was that, you know, kind of head to head thing that went on for a long time. Must see 
feels like it's kind of um, rebuilding um, and, and in a good way, right? Where there is car counts, the races are, are a little bit more localized for the most part, right? You still have your Lorraines and things like that where you're going to go travel a little bit. But uh, you're getting some more Michigan racetracks to kind of bite on this show. And you're staying a little bit closer to home, which I think is great. Obviously, you guys have some travelers from, you know, South Carolina and whatnot who come up here and race. But um, I just feel like the the trajectory of the must-see racing sprint car series has kind of changed a little bit. And now with the Midwest Lights being attached to most of these shows. Give me your thoughts, though, from, from inside the organization as a driver. Um, do you feel like there's been a, a concentrated change and, and things are kind of moving in a better direction? Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, we got a little bit more localized races. Um, I mean, even Lorraine County from where we're at, it's an hour and a half ride. So, sure. you know, it's, we're, we're in Toledo area. We're kind of like centrally located for almost all the racetracks. You know, we got about a two hour ride to most tracks in Michigan. Um, Lorraine County is an hour and a half. So I think right now we are, this year is our rebuild stage at this point. Um, you got a lot of interest back in the series. You got guys coming back to the series. Um, just a lot of things are looking on the upside for it. And it's great for, for Jim Hanks and Musty racing and, you know, the whole sanctioning body. And to defend Jim, uh, there was the whole political thing that happened in Michigan, but also COVID happened. And that really set a lot of things back and, and including Musty racing. Um, oh, for sure. Because that happened right after the, the big disagreements that went on in, in the pavement sprint car scene up here in Michigan. I mean, that was kind of two really big stones thrown in the direction of wing sprint car racing. Yeah. I mean, it's for a lot of these local racetracks, it's hard to get the, the wing sprint cars in there um, just because of the purse and, and you know, what it consists of, of bringing us, um, you know, a lot of these places are just looking at it like the expenses and worth all the hassle to, to bring it in and, and hope we get the fans. Um, COVID happened. Um, then it was even, it was 10 times harder to get races. Just nobody wanted to put their, put their, uh, you know, what's on the line to, uh, to bring us in there because, you know, a lot of people weren't going to the races and, you know, everybody was scared and, you know, mask up and outside. And, you know, yeah. it's just, there was so many things that were just, you know, they just didn't want to do it. So, and nobody would, you know, nobody wanted to put their wallet on the line or the area that the exactly. wallet or, or the area that the wallet rests on the line. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yep. <laughs> Plainly said. Jimmy, talk about this Midwest Lights. I don't think a lot of people know about it because, you know, it's only been around for a couple of years. But really, that's – and I know you get, sometimes when you guys pair up at a show, you got a couple guys that will run both. But that's that's really is should be a nice feeder division for you guys. Yeah, so far so good. These guys uh, these guys are putting on some great shows. you got some young drivers that are uh, they're gassing it up and doing really well. I mean, basically – you, you pick up an old dirt car, uh, you know, throw a 602 crate motor in it, um, you know, put some pavement tires on it, and you go racing. I is mean, there's not they, a whole it, lot you it, can do with them. Is that what they are? They're old dirt cars? Yeah. Yep. Basically, everything is a dirt car, you know, <laughs> bars, ladders, no uh, steel shocks, 602 crate motor. Um, most of the guys are running flat top wings. I mean, it's just, uh, it's a great little feeder series. And like I said, the guys are doing, they're doing really well. And some of the guys are fast on some of the smaller tracks and they run really well with us on the 410 side. Are they um now a different car on the 410 side though, right? You're not you're not mixing the two. Um no, some of those guys will run over there, but there's not a lot of guys doing that, you know, on the 410 side, but the 
crate cars will come over and run with us. And on okay. some of the smaller tracks, they run pretty well. Okay. Yeah, because I think at Birch Run, didn't you guys have a couple that kind of switched, uh, kind of ran yeah. both? Okay, cool. Yeah, there was a couple cars that ran both. Cool. Yeah, good stuff. What, what happened to Anthony, by the way? Speaking of McCunes and, and sprint cars at Owasso, I saw that that didn't go well for him. Oh, we struggled with a vibration, and we just don't know exactly what the problem is. So we've got the motor out of it right now. We're going through the driveline. Um, we've had a couple issues with some rear ends, so we were trying to get that sorted, and uh, we thought we had everything good. And at one point, they thought it was a, a dead cylinder, but I don't believe that was the case. So um, we're just trying to find it. They, he struggled. He, I, he made a lap in qualifying, and uh, hot lap sessions were good. The car was fast. He was right. We were both right around the same speed. Um, and then something happened during qualifying, and then it, he just picked up a nasty vibration. So we're trying to still get the bomb out. We don't have it sorted out yet. Multi-time uh, a champion with Must See. You and you know, I think about you and Jason Blonde when I think about Must See racing sprint cars. But uh, just to go back and kind of reiterate the growth of this, Jimmy, you look at the names that have raced with you this year. Uh, of course, Davey Hamilton Jr. in there, Bobby Santos, Charlie Schultz, another champion of the series. Um, obviously we mentioned Anthony McCune and Jeff Bloom is another one who shows up each and every week. Uh, Kevin Mingus is always there. This is, I mean, we talk about this with the Great Lakes Super Sprints, how it's a tight knit group of guys, you know, who's going to be there, you know, who's got your back. Um, you, you gotta be really proud to be a part of this organization right now and, uh, kind of represent it the way you do. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like a small little family. Uh, I mean, it's like a, a reunion every week. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, Jason, tell us where Jason, I just was looking at Jason Blonde's uh, uh, results right there with you. Uh, Jimmy, why don't you tell me where we can catch you? You mentioned Rockford falling off the schedule, so that'd give you time to play in the dirt. And Butler's kind of been the only place you've been able to go this year. Um, do you have anything else on the schedule on the dirt side that uh, maybe isn't the 3 eighths high bank oval? Well, actually, I think this weekend we're going to go uh, play at Fremont again. So okay. we uh, we went there the first time. I got back in it last year, and uh, we were absolutely horrendous and didn't make the show, but I think uh, we got a little bit better race car and a little bit better me than we had the last time I went. So um, we're going to go give it a whirl, and uh, I think we're going to spend maybe the next two weeks there because I think uh, cool. Butler was missing a race next weekend, so I was already going to kind of plan on going to that track. So I think we're going to go hit it twice this week, and maybe my car owner, Doug, will show up, and uh, we can have some fun. There you go. Jimmy, everybody that hits Victory Lane, uh, when they come on the program, we give them a chance to give a shout-out to everybody that helps you out, gets up and down the road. And, and while you're at it, give everybody else a shout that, uh, that helps you on that dirt car as well. You guys got a half hour? It's going to be a minute. Yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, we got, we got people, no, but, uh, people keep asking us to make this show longer. So if, if you want to help yeah. us do that while paying some bills, <laughs> that's all right. No, we got so many people, man. Uh, I mean, from my friends, Jock and Joe Marie, uh, Emerald Graphics, they did a stand-up job on both of these cars this year. And they're actually in the country right now, so that's actually pretty cool. They're out in Arizona, Nevada. Uh, they went to L.A. And for those um, who don't know, right, these are friends that you made over in Africa, right? Yeah, yeah. He actually was the one that came over and run my car here a few years ago at uh, Midvale. That's right. Cool. You guys remember that? Yeah, I think, I think I yeah. I, well, and now, uh, well, go ahead. No, I'll just go ahead. Go ahead. I, I don't want to yeah, speak no, up. So they're in the country right now, and they're making their way back towards Florida and New York, and then they're going to be with us here in about two weeks. So, awesome. um, no, just between that, man, we've got so many sponsors and so many people that make this thing. Kircher Engines, we've got, uh, of course, my deal, Bulldog Safety and Performance, um, Sparco. I mean, they're huge. I mean, you know, they've uh, they've stuck by me and, and helped me out through this whole uh, situation with getting burned up and stuff. And, you know, it was uh, – 
it was just a, a dream to have a company like that behind me to, to help keep me safe, you know? So yeah, that's for sure. Just huge for me. <laughs> Jimmy, do me. Um, oh, go ahead. Keep going. No, that's all right. I got Willwood brakes, uh, RevX oil out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Great company. Um, just my own, my family, my dad, uh, my wife and kids, man, just, there's so many people that make this thing, you know, percolate, man. Cause you know, sitting here with, you know, three sprint cars in here and it's just, uh, <laughs> sometimes it's mind boggling all the work that we've got to do, but, uh, you know, somehow we make it work. You're living the dream, man. You're looking at three sprint cars. We're trying. Uh, that's, that's pretty good <laughs> stuff. No, I was going to tell you, make sure you thank the wife so that neither, neither one of us got in trouble. So you did that, so we're good. There you go. Um, yep. Jimmy McCune, man, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can catch him with the Musty Racing Sprint Cars in that iconic yellow number 88 or the uh, red, black, and white number 88 on the dirt side of things. You can catch him there every once in a while, too. Jimmy, thank you so much for making time for us, man. We appreciate it. Awesome, man. Thank you, guys. Always good to get a chance to catch up with Jimmy, man. I saw him at Butler a couple of weeks ago, went in a solar, shook his hand, and we just kind of chatted about how things were going. And I thought, man, that'd be pretty cool if we could get him back on. And the win at Owasso, good, good opportunity to do so. Absolutely. I mean, you you had to think it was going to take him just a little bit. And I didn't think, it, I honestly, I mean, I, I've been watching Jimmy for so long, and I've talked to him several times. You knew it wasn't going to take long as long as his head was right. Yeah. And it, it didn't take long. We're not halfway through the season. He's got two in the bag. It wouldn't surprise me to watch him put three or four more in there. Yeah. he's And you know what? You talk to him as well, and we talk to him here on the show, and you talk to him in person. I don't think you would ever realize that he had such a tragic tragic accident if you didn't know it. You know what I mean? He just he just carries himself in such a way uh, that uh, you wouldn't know. No, he's got he's got just upbeat personality, and you know, and 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 I'm not saying he's faking it, but it, obviously inside there, he even said, "Yeah, it bothered me when I went back there for the first time to Butler, and yeah, we did it on purpose, maybe, you know." Right. Um, and so, yeah, something was in there bothering him, and I think uh, I don't think that I don't think that incident is going to live rent free in his head any longer well you know what's living rent free in somebody's head is gary did you know and that other person is brad uh this this is personal brad takes gary did you know personal all right <laughs> if he doesn't get well, these, if he doesn't get these answers right i think that he uh, has a real problem with it well so does aj all right aj that's been, true yeah i mean jj licked his chops when, when we wrote him that one night or when i wrote him or something <laughs> that's right so gary did you know was last week if uh, you missed the show you can pause this one and go back and scrub through it and find it or you can go to our facebook page and find the questions because gary lindall the michigan motorsports hall of famer uh came at us this week rich with some really good questions yeah and it was great to have him back right it, it, it was great to have him back on the phone lines doing it uh doing it himself where I know he, he sent us one quiz and we had to do it. He wasn't feeling well enough to come on. Yep. But it was great to have Barry Gary back last week. So let's jump into it. Is that question number one from last week? Where did Gene Fulcher do most of his racing? Now, I did not. I had no clue, but I did give you the hint that this racetrack now operates under a different name. You oh, got yeah. all. You, you got all. Helped everybody with you that. You got one. so bent out of shape about that. If you remember, Gary had a question about Kalamazoo Speedway operating under a different name for some time. So other racetracks have operated under different names before. Well, our our, our buddies Brad Brad and. Uh, and AJ listened to you because they figured it out immediately. <laughs> and that was Spartan Speedway. Not Spartan Speedway now operating as Corgan Oil Speedway. Thank you very much. Yes. All right. All question right. two. Question number two. What were the Marsh Brothers' first names? It's over my head. I, did, I didn't know them either, but uh, 
AJ and Brad did. They both got it right. <laughs> and the correct answer is Dave and Don. Dave and Don Marsh were the Marsh brothers. Do we know? So, what, do we know what they ran? Did, did Did Gary give us that piece of information? I don't know. Did they run modifieds? I don't know either. Yeah. Seems like a lot of a lot of Gary's questions are modified based from back in the old days. That's true. You know, yeah. You know, could be. That's what I would guess. All right, but I I don't know for sure. So we got the two guys tied. Let's see. Uh, question number three: What Michigan track used to have a convertible heat race? And you had to get this qualified by Gary last week. I did because, because yeah, you be- didn't understand what he meant. No, because I didn't know if it was like that. The, the only thing they did was run a heat race for convertibles. It turns out that in this division of cars, you would have hard tops and convertibles. They would all race at once, but they had enough convertibles that they would pull them all aside and make them run together. And run their own own heat race just together. Yep, exactly. Yep. So now we're down to Brad because Brad got this one right. All right, AJ, did, AJ didn't. Sorry, AJ, AJ. AJ said Kalamazoo Speedway. That was incorrect. The correct answer would be Jackson Motor Speedway. Yeah. So now Brad's three in a row. Here we go. Are we holding our breath for number four? Let's see. Can we do it, Brad? All right. They called this super modified driver the cowboy. And you said as soon as Gary read that, you said somebody will get this. Somebody's going to get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, did, did that nicknames back then? That's what everybody knew them by. Yeah. Right. You're exactly so, right. So you, anybody who was around back then, or you could talk to somebody, you say, "Oh, who was the cowboy? Who was the silver bullet? Who was the uh, Mister Excite?" They're all going to know. Right. They may not know the guy's first name, but they're going to know what his nickname was. You just went back to the silver bullet. Are we going to have to name Max Frank the silver bullet? Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Who was who was the cowboy, Rich France? All right. So the cowboy was Leon Whiskey and uh, Brad got them all correct. Oh, right. Well, so I don't know where he got it from, but Brad got them all 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 correct. So because Brad's such a big supporter and, and, and he's actually purchased horsepower happenings swag we're gonna have to find something that he doesn't have and give it to him i'm pretty sure he doesn't have a hat yet so brad uh, get a hold of me let me know if that uh, large extra large will fit around your dome and uh, we'll send you one of the horsepower happenings flex fit hats that we have available here uh in the studio so good job brad way to go man and i told you this off the air he messaged me on thursday and said dude you got to post this quiz. I don't know how to spell the guy's last name to make sure I got it right. And I'm like, okay, okay I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, good stuff. Hey, uh, good work by everybody on uh, Gary. Did you know? Be sure to look for that on the second, third, third, third Monday of the month, third Monday of the month. That's right. Well, Rich, it's time now for us to uphold our end of the bargain. We've told uh, many race car drivers this before. They ask us, they come to us, right? They they drive modifieds, they drive late models, sprint cars, uh, you know, whatever it is, template late models. They say, hey, I want to be on your show. How do I get on Horsepower Happenings? And, Rich, we look at them and we say, win something. (laughs) And we'll give you an invite to the show. And it is our pleasure now to follow through with that. Uh, He started on the pin went to victory lane saturday and um, had a great big family affair about it too we'll talk about all that coming up and more but right now it's our pleasure to welcome from ionia michigan last name is stemler but it's not who you think calvin stemler welcome into horsepower happenings my friend hey guys thanks for having me it's it's an honor to be on this show finally man oh man tell me even you know what the show i know is at the bottom of the barrel of of the things that you were looking forward to 
by finally accomplishing this, man. You, you've got a feature win in the IMCA Modifieds, years and years of trying. Um, just how good does it feel? I mean, I called you earlier today, and you still sounded like you were on cloud nine. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's very overwhelming just with all the congratulations, the, you know, people messaging me and telling me nice job. And uh, it's pretty overwhelming. You know, it's pretty chaotic, too. I haven't even had a chance to get on social media and, you know, <laughs> thank my sponsors or anything yet. So I've just been pretty busy the last couple of days. Yeah, I sent you a message on Facebook this morning and uh, was kind of waiting for you to respond. And I noticed that you hadn't looked at it yet. So I finally texted Travis because I, I said, man, I bet this thing is getting buried. I need a phone number to call this cat um, because I did, too. I type in your name and, man, you are just getting flooded with congratulations and so talk to me about kind of what led up to this i mean you obviously come from a racing family um this this whole thing for you has been how many years in the making have you been waiting for this so this is my 14th season racing um period we started um uh when i was um about 16 my uh, grandpa Bowerman got me a four cylinder, you know, and couldn't pass up a free car. We raced that for a couple seasons. Then we did street stocks for a couple years, and then I've been in a modified ever since that. Ever since I got out of the street stocks, and so um, it's been a long time coming. I feel kind of, you know, we've had multiple times where we'd be leading a feature and something would malfunction or tires would burn away and just finally been doing our homework the last couple of years. Uh, we've been teaming last two years. We've teamed up with Colin Thurlby on these diamond chassis and they're just hooking up. They're awesome cars now. And I just, they're great. I can't complain one bit. Now what I got to ask you, man, uh, you know, a lot of people will say, Oh, you start on the pole and they think it's just that easy. But I looked at the rundown and I saw, Myron DeYoung coming from ninth to second. Um, that means you didn't, you weren't just given this thing. He was coming and you were able to hold him off. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I couldn't hear anybody around me for a long time and I still couldn't hear Myron at the end. So, uh, when he, Myron put a post on social media saying he ran out of laps and then I watched the video finally. And I was like, whew, thank gosh I mean, he ran out of laps because he was coming. He was coming hard. So um, it feels good to be in to, – to get a feature win with that kind of competition in the field of guys who have been racing for years who – a lot of these guys have multiple feature wins. And to be able to beat these guys and these well-known drivers, it makes me feel good of – you know, because – in the past, there were times I'd get down on myself thinking, oh, maybe I just don't have what it takes. Maybe, you know, but after that, when I kind of, you know, realized to myself, oh, maybe we do got what it takes to win. So, and be with the best of the best. And, and talk, and, and the best of the best, let's specifically talk about the IMCA modified division in Michigan. It seems like it's getting tougher and tougher, right? Uh, just because the way that, that UMP has been going, we don't have a whole lot of that left here. Um, that really makes it harder on you, doesn't it? Yeah, the pressure sometimes when you see these guys rolling into these big events, 
even just a regular night, you're, um, you know, it used to be, oh man, so-and-so just rolled into the pits, so-and-so just rolled into the pits, and you're kind of chewing at your fingernails thinking, oh, but yeah, the IMCA division's definitely getting tougher and tougher. I mean, there's a lot of people with some good cars out there, and we don't, Besides Crystal, you know, we race at other tracks, too. We like to go to 96. We like to go to, sometimes we go to the west side of the state. Uh, my favorite track of all time is Merritt. I love that place. Don't know what it is. I always do good up there. And, man, when you go up there, there is some good competition up there, too, in my opinion. So, just, yeah, I mean, it's getting tougher and tougher. But, you know, like I said, uh, to be able to beat a lot of these good competition guys, I mean, that's something I held my head high about, and I, I'm still grinning year to year, and it's been two days later. So <laughs> i got to ask you, and this question is kind of, I don't know if, that it's heavy, but I just want people to kind of get an idea of this. Um, with the name that you pack and the family that you represent, um, does that add to the pressure at all for you with, you know, with obviously the success of Travis and, you know, the, the Bowerman name and everything like that? Um, did that add to your internal or your self, um, not really even motivation, but maybe even self-criticism? Did that start to kind of pile on? I wouldn't go that far. No, I'm going to say no on that one. Just because, um, you know, at the end of the day, between me and my brother with this racing, it's not about competition. It's not about, well, not between you, know, you, not between you two, right? It's it, between everybody else. It's all about competition, but between the two of you, right? Between the two of us, yes. Um, you know, it's not about how many feature wins Travis might have, or championships, or what races he's won, because we still help each other out, and we still, you know, we're there for each other. Like uh, Saturday, prime example. Um, watching him race because his feature was before mine, I was surprised I even was able to strap into the car because, <laughs> I mean, my anxiety just gets racing even till this day, and we've been watching each other race for years now. So, um, but no, no pressure there because we're still we still motivate each other, we still encourage each other, and we still help each other. You know, even in the shop sometimes. I gotta. I want to clarify real quick too because you mentioned about the anxiety. Who's the older brother? Travis is the older brother. Okay. All right. So I can only imagine how he was feeling when you went out there. Did you talk to him about that at all? Uh, yeah, he was actually one of the first ones at my window net. He was just, he grabbed a hold of me and he's like, man, I, I'm so dang proud of you, kid. Good job. You raced one heck of a race. Oh, that's fantastic. So, yep, it was awesome to have my, you know, have Travis in victory lane with me because this is actually technically my third career feature win but it's my first imca win and my first big win what are the other two so, uh, i won two features at mid michigan raceway park in what um i won one last year there and then i won one uh six seven years ago there what were you driving i was driving a modified in all three okay all right but this is just the true imca sanction i got it Yup, this is my first IMCA sanctioned win, but um, I still to this day feel like I'm on cloud nine. And like I said, with my brother being able to get in the picture, get in winner's circle with me, and uh, just to be there and able to sit in the bleachers and watch me. Because usually, it um, seems like a lot of tracks, it's modifieds and late models, or 
late models then modified. So we really, it's hard for us to watch each other race sometimes. Talk to me about how special it is when you both end up with the trophy at the end of the night. <laughs> that had to be pretty cool. I'll be honest with you, that so far is the coolest thing I've ever done in my 14 years of racing. I always thought it'd be cool. We always joked about it, too, to do a Stemler sweep, we call yeah. it. We kept calling it that Saturday night because we both won our heat races and we both won our features. And, I mean, that is that topped everything right there so far, you know, I, I ain't done yet, but, um, <laughs> you know, that was the coolest thing. I think, uh, you know, everybody in the family was just ecstatic. Everybody was happy for us. And so, yeah, by far, that's the coolest thing we've ever done between the two of us racing. Calvin, I got to ask you a serious question now. And, and as Rich likes to say, it's just us talking. So you don't have to beat around the bush or anything. All right. Okay. How, how hungover was everybody on Sunday morning? I think just me. That <laughs> might have been a little bit of uh, dehydration, though, too, mixed with a little bit of the alcohol dehydrating me. Because I, um, I know that, listen, we're friends with Travis, all right? It just happened with the ethanol deal, right? So we, we're, we're pretty friends with Travis. And it don't matter if he has a good night or a bad night. Guess what? You're having a brewski at the end of the night. So I can only imagine with both of you winning – I mean, there had to have been a couple of cases that got hurt on Saturday night. Oh, there was a few that got hurt. So, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we definitely we had a good time afterwards. <laughs> I got to ask you this, too, um, and this is one thing maybe a lot of people don't realize. Um, you had a, a different number on the side of the car this year. You're usually in the 1C, and this year you've got a 5 on the side of that race car. Tell us the story behind that. So racing isn't just a, you know, it's not just big. It doesn't mean just a lot to us on the Stemler side of the family. The My mom's side of the family, which are the Bowermans, um, my, her dad raced for a lot of years, you know, between the 70s, the 80s. He used to race against, you know, Eric Champ, Big Block Bob, Chris Patterson. He raced against all the good guys. And um, so racing was a big part of, his life as well. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away on December 30th in 2022. And so the reason I have the five on the side of my car is that was his number, that same design with the squirrel tail up front or on top of the number five and everything. And um, so this year we did a throwback to one of his old cars in honor of him. And so that's the reason we're in a number five this year. Did you know, I mean, did you have a relationship with him? Did you get a chance to meet him? Oh, yeah. I mean, we. I know you, you said it was just last year. my grandpa Stemler, my grandpa Bowerman was another big influencer for me and Travis in our racing. He um, always checked in, always asked how the car felt. And he was another big influencer for our racing and. Um, definitely somebody I'm going to miss and, but I have all those memories in my heart that, um, I'm just going to have to keep with him. Does it, I mean, did that, has it sunk in at all yet that you took that number to victory lane? I mean, did that mean any, uh, that had to kind of add to the situation as well? It did. Yep. Yeah. It meant a lot. And even in victory lane, I, uh, 
in victory lane, I padded the number and I said under my breath, I said, this one's for you, Grandpa. That's awesome. That is good stuff. Calvin, so now coming up, just about everybody has a big show going on this weekend. Now you got to tell everybody where you're going to go show off this weekend and get number two. Oh, man, you got to do that one to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely we're going to go to 96 Friday night because it's only 15 minutes from my house. So sure. it's right in our backyard. And it's nice to support a local track like that. And as much as I hate to say it, because it is one of my favorite tracks in the whole state, unfortunately, we will not be going to Merritt. Um, and we might just play the whole weekend by year. We don't know where we're going to go, to be honest with you. We might, uh, Saturday, you could see us on the west side at Thunderbird. You could see us at Crystal. Um, you could see me race one night this weekend and then take the rest of the weekend off and hang out with the family. <laughs> That's not all bad either, is it? Nope, it really isn't. <laughs> Talk to me about uh, the family, too, because I see here in Victory Lane, you got a little one down there with you. Um, kind of, is that on your radar now uh, to kind of start to see if there's any uh, involvement from, from the little one in what you've got going on? Well, that one has been involved since he was about eight or nine months old. We took him to his first race ever when he was that young, and... Uh, I get compliments all the time, especially from my grandpa Stemler, how he said, I've never seen a little kid be able to sit through a race and point out who his uncle and his dad are <laughs> while the cars are going around in circles. And he's, that's my son, Dirks. He's three years old now. And then I have another little one, uh, Dawson Marie. That's my daughter. She's one. Um, she unfortunately was, uh, my my grandma wanted to hang out with her that night, and it, that's the only thing about Saturday that kind of bummed me out is I wish my daughter would have been there to celebrate with the rest of us. But sure. Um, I'm sure we'll get the, another one in the future here soon. I'm sure we'll get plenty in the future for her to be able to be there. So You mentioned the kind of doubting yourself, like do we have what it takes to get these wins? Um how much does it change now how how you show up at a racetrack uh, on Friday? You know, you're going to I-96. Obviously, that racetrack is considerably different than Crystal. But nonetheless, um, you beat a lot of the same guys who were going to show up there Friday night at I-96 who were at Crystal on Saturday. Um, do you do you put a little bit more strut in your step now as, as you uh, get ready to go? I wouldn't say a little bit more strut in my step. I would just kind of, you know, um, I've always went into a race with confidence, you know, whether we were starting in the back or whether it was, we were starting on the pole. And so I wouldn't um, say I got more strut in my step, but maybe a little bit of a confidence booster doing that. And, but we're still gonna go into Friday thinking anything could happen. You know, that's, I basically live my life by that saying and just anything can happen. You know, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, we could go out and win against some top-notch cars on a fast track, or we could fall right to the back. You just never know. Yeah, Calvin, and kind of what I'm thinking, you got to, if that was me, I would have to probably be pretty careful because it wouldn't be anything to make those guys mad and put them back in your place because they're, <laughs> good, they're awfully good enough to do it, right? 
That's right, exactly. <laughs> well, I got to tell what how do you manage and this is one question I like to say now is okay, you've got one uh again three total, but one with the IMCA, the true IMCA sanctioned. Now what? Right? I mean, now what do you expect out of yourself now moving forward? Um I hope to get more, but the biggest thing is is just keep doing what we're doing, you know, um a lot of people have noticed I haven't been racing two nights a week like I have in the last couple of years, and that's because with work, it's really hard to get out. During the week, it's hard to work on the car as much as I used to be able to work on the car. Yeah. So the maintenance during the week, and I'm a firm believer, you don't win races on the track. You win them in the garage. Sure. That's where you're going to win your races with maintenance, prep, and everything, and so that's the reason we've been really sticking to Saturdays for the most part is because I don't, you know, Fridays are almost kind of like my catch up day to get the car ready for Saturday. And, but to keep moving forward, we just got to keep doing what we're doing. You know, when it comes to consistency, I guess is what it boils down to during the week of getting the car ready um, and stuff like that. Final question for me, and, uh, you know, Rich and I kind of talked about this, is, is you know, I think that, and we've talked with Colin and Brandon about this, They, the Thurlbys, they kind of went two different paths, and they made their careers in those paths. Colin is a standout modified driver, Brandon's a standout late model driver. Um, what, what has kept you from doing what your brother has done and go from modifieds up to... Uh, late models and even likewise i think that you've kind of always kind of ran like an imca or uh, a b mod whereas he was kind of in the ump mod when he was coming through uh but regardless what what is keeping you in the modified is it a love for that division or is it you know just straight up pocketbook or what what is keeping you there i would say comfortability um you know i've gotten so immune to the modified setups um what to do with them um, how to adjust them and what the car is going to do when you make that adjustment to where sometimes I look at my brother's car and I think to myself, okay, what rocket scientist built this car? Because this is nothing <laughs> like a modified. I don't even understand this thing. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> but, you, you look at it and go, man, that thing looks loose. And then all of a sudden he's got it hooked right up where he wants it to be. Right. I mean, the technology is just, it is very different. Yeah. And that's what it boils down to. And, um, so, yeah, that's where it's really gotten. I mean, I would love to try a late model someday, but I think, uh, you know, like you said, the pocketbook does also play a factor in that as well a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, comfortability, you know, we've, um, like I look at the street stocks and the pro stocks, and I like to travel. I like to try different competition. So the nice thing about the modified is I can go to quite a few different tracks here in the state to where, you know, I thought to myself, well, pro stocks can only go to certain tracks, street stocks. Um, you know, I'm not trying to downgrade up cause there's some good drivers in that division, but I just feel like there's really not much to them to where I like the adjustments of a modified. I like the bar cars period. Mm. And that's all I've studied since I got into a bar car. So, um, but yeah, just comfortability. That's what it boils down to. And just, we're so comfortable in the mod division. 
Calvin, I got to say, man, the, the last few years we've been talking a lot, and on behalf of me and Zach, congratulations, man. We were waiting for this day. We wanted to stick to our word, and, and I told Zach we got to do this when he wins. Um, but now's your chance, man, to thank everybody that got you to Victory Lane this weekend. Well, first and foremost, I'd definitely like to thank my uh, my wife, Courtney, for having the patience with me. Um between work and working on the race car and you know because i have a remote shop so my car is not at my house unfortunately and so being able for her to let me do what i'm able to do she's first and foremost thanks my kids are the same way they're the ones that uh you know really keep me going um everybody in my family from my big brother, you know, my brother Travis, to my dad, my mom, um, my step-siblings, uh, my grandpa Stemler, and just everybody in my family. You know, I got to thank my crew. As, uh, we say Dirks is my crew chief. He's only three, so he does a good job. Good job, little um, man. All right. <laughs> yeah. My dad, he's another one. He uh, He's at almost every race whether it's me or Travis or both of us, you know, dad's there for the most part. Um, my other crew guy, Scott Jones, he usually doesn't miss a whole lot of races. That's really all the advertising and marketing partners. Be, um, I got Mark and Maria Weimer, Mike and Amy Revis, Shattuck Stone and Gravel, Darren Elliott with Green Ridge Realty, Tommy's Family Catering, Ioni Race Car Swap Me. Jason and, LG, Jason and Carolyn Algio, and, um, you know, Colin Thurlby and all the team Diamond drivers, including Brian Brindley, Chase, all of us, we talk all the time for setup stuff. And um, another big one is I just, you know, got to thank the Lord Almighty up above for allowing me to do this stuff. And want to give a big shout out to horsepower happenings for having me on the show <laughs> absolutely man well i tell you what uh like we've said i, I texted rich today and i said hey jimmy McCune and calvin stemler and he goes okay did calvin win i said he did <laughs> rich responded in all caps uh so he was very excited so uh man a lot of people excited about this so uh, I tell you what, when you get done, make sure you go on social media, man, because that thing is blowing up with you right now. Um, a very, very popular win and a great weekend for the Stemler family. So, uh, Calvin, man, we appreciate it. Congratulations. Uh, find that five machine this Friday at I-96 Speedway and to be determined for the rest of the 2023 season. But, uh, Calvin, man, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for making time to join us tonight. Not a problem. Thank you guys for having me. Pretty cool, man, for Calvin, isn't it? That That is I mean, this has been, I know it's his third career win, Rich, but you heard it, right? IMCA sanctioned at Crystal, who draws some really good IMCA modified drivers. Um, this was a big deal for him. And, and also, so cool that Travis was able to be there for that, too, because those guys end up racing away from each other a lot. So, I mean, the stars just aligned on this deal. And, and we need to make this clear. After he won... Calvin did not call horsepower happening. Just say, <laughs> I want to be on. Now, the last couple of years at Woodtick, every time, you know, afterwards when I'm having a few bottles of water with Travis and, and Brandon and the guys, right? Yeah. Um, he would come up and say, get me on the show. I, and I said, well, you know what you got to do? He said, what's that win? 
And so I'm glad we were able to do that. He did hit, he held up to his end of the bargain. Yes. We held up to our end of the bargain and uh, we're really happy for him. Calvin's a really good guy. Uh, and it's great to see him in victory lane. Really is for sure. All right, let's talk uh, Michigan dirt sprint car winged sprint car power rankings the name of that thing has got to get shortened somehow because it's also presented by jim coffee and sun plumbing and heating uh those are going to be a little topsy-turvy this week because butler motor speedway was the only place in michigan running wing sprint cars rich and hardly enough of them and this is not a knock against butler it's just that time of year people have boats people have families family reunions graduations uh open houses barely enough of them showed up to fill out a power ranking slip for this week um, so uh, things could get interesting, and uh, we pointed this out during last week's power rankings, Rich. We have only in the state of Michigan had two repeat winners in sprint car racing, Jared Horseman, Phil Gressman. Those both came with the Great Lakes Super Sprints, which means that through June, Butler Motor Speedway has not seen the same driver go to victory lane in the sprint car division at all this year, and it maintained again on Saturday. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. <laughs> they have not seen a repeat winner at Butler yet this year. It can't. They can't go 0 for 18, right? I don't I think mean, so, but, <laughs> I mean, my goodness. Uh, and even, That would be incredible in itself. Even with the Great Lakes Super Sprints there, Danny Sams won the 410 race, Phil Gressman won the 360 race. So they haven't seen the same sprint car in the square twice this year at all. Yeah, they're running out of drivers that aren't going to be okay, <laughs> I'm telling you. That's going to happen. That, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I'm going to pull a Zach, that will happen. Very soon, I think. Yeah, you hang on. I don't don't know when, but I think it's going to be very soon. Hang on to that limb very, very tightly, (laughs) would you? (laughs) Uh, Speaking of stuff going on in sprint car land, this week, be on the lookout on the Horsepower Happening social media pages as we nominate the Home Pro Hammers of the Month. It is time. It's the end of June. July rolls in on Saturday, I believe it is, uh, that July rolls in, which means uh, it's time for us to vote for a Home Pro Hammer of the Month. You get a chance to choose between two drivers whom Horsepower Happenings has to decide, and I'm telling you what, right now, it is a dead heat. There are a lot of guys who have been running really, really well. I can almost guarantee you one of them is going to be Max Stambaugh. That cat has been on fire throughout the whole season, and and June didn't slow him down at all. So probably one of them will be Stambaugh. I really don't know who the second one would be. You suggested Phil you Gressman. Saw my, you saw my, yeah, you saw my nomination. You suggested Phil Gressman. I feel like Tyler Rankin has had another standout month, and you say, well, didn't you just nominate Tyler for May? Yeah, I did, but <laughs> he hasn't slowed down. Uh, we had a nomination for Keith Shefford Jr. He got a ride to race at Butler Motor Speedway. He's finished second like three of the four times that he's been there in that ride, and then, of course, a couple of top tens with the Great Lakes Super Sprints in his family-owned car. You can argue that one as well. Um, I don't know, man. This is going to be a tough one. So we'll plan on having this released by Wednesday for you to vote on through the week. And I'll give it to you. Is that You know, April was kind of hard. We had to find a couple of guys because it was just really slow in April with all the weather we had. Yeah. There weren't that many races. May didn't get a whole lot easier. You know, they were just starting to get rolling. This is the toughest month so far. Absolutely. With all of the action and everything that's been going on. You know, like you said, Tyler Rankin's been doing great. Stanball's been running great. Phil Gressman swept the weekend uh, a week or two ago. Yep. I mean, yeah, it, a lot of names are going to be thrown in this hat. Somebody's somebody has to be left out, right? And one I of mean, the we know that one of the things that we've been talking about too, right? As we talk about these power rankings, 
Who are the guys we're not mentioning? We're not talking about the Dustin Daggett's. We're not talking about the, you know, the, the, where, where is Greg Dahlman? Where's my bulldog at? Right. I mean, the, are we seeing a changing of the guard right now in sprint car racing? I don't know, but it, it's definitely different. I don't know. And, and you talk about somebody who's, you know, going month to month. Cap Henry hasn't really slowed down. He's been running great all season long. That's right. With the all-stars, you know, uh, and, and you, you're running against that group every night, Zach. Uh, that's a task in itself. So, it, you know, it's a tough one. We're trying trying to spread it around, but but June is is going to be the toughest month so far uh, to narrow it down to two. Michigan Power Rankings, which this Home Pro Hammer of the Month is open to Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio drivers. So you kind of have to look at their whole uh, whole resume. But Max Stambaugh on the Power Rankings took the lead last week for Michigan over Tyler Rankin and Ryan Rule. Trey McGranahan, though, may have something for him because I'm not sure that those guys raced in Michigan this week, and uh, Trey's leading the points at Butler, so who knows. Um, look for those power rankings, and then, by the way, Outlaw Super Late Models this weekend. Did you guys have anything going on? Outlaw Super Late Models, closest race they had was Plymouth, so it doesn't affect our Michigan power rankings. Uh, we kind of get a break after last week. That's right. That's for sure. All right. Let's take a look at the upcoming calendar here on Horsepower Happenings. Rich, um, we really haven't talked a lot about this series this year, but it is still going strong, and you're going to see a lot of late models Friday night up in Auburn. Yep, Zach. Uh, Tri-City Motor Speedway. Big, big 4th of July weekend for just about everybody. I was going through the schedule this afternoon and said, well, I can't put everybody on it. We'll be here for an hour <laughs> in itself, right? So, so I kind of went through and picked out some of the big ones and some of the some of the tracks that we haven't been talking about recently. Just kind of spread the wealth, right? So, Tri City Motor Speedway, All Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series, plus IMCA Fast Shaft Qualifier Event, twenty five hundred dollars to win for late models, twelve hundred for mods, five hundred to win factory stocks at Tri City. Gates open at four thirty on Friday. Uh, racing at 7.30. And, Zach, on Friday, you're going to be somewhere else. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, down the road and to the west just to touch over to I-96 Speedway where it is time again to unload for the Great Lakes Super Sprints presented by Engine Pro and ARP. It is support your Saturday track on a Friday. This is pretty cool what they're doing here. Great Lakes Super Sprints, of course, have the headliner, but then you have IMCA Modifieds plus... Pro stocks, street stocks, slash four-barrel street stocks. So they are willing to run a four-barrel division of street stocks for their own kind of pro stock pay. Um, and that's kind of where the Saturday night crowd comes in. Your Butler Motor Speedway guys, your Gas City I-69 Speedway guys who maybe are off this weekend on a Friday night. Um, those four-barrel street stock guys that uh, pack a big punch, kind of the old stock cars that we used to see at Hartford. They're inviting them to uh, to I-96. Really, they put a post out, Rich, that said, if your street stock is legal at your class, you're legal Friday at I-96 Speedway. So they really just want to put on a good show for the fans is what they want. Yeah, and I think possibly I might have seen something today. I think Oakshade street stocks are off, and our friends down at Hammerdown Racing Report down in Toledo were saying, who's going to go to I-96 and race? Yeah. So we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, what, how, how many street stocks they draw. And they posted a pretty decent pay scale for four-barrel street stocks, too. If it's something you're interested in, check out the I-96 Speedway page. Um, uh, significant 
I mean, not significant, but decent money um, for this one-off race. So be able to be sure to check that out. Plus, mini wedges will be there as well. Uh, Great Lakes Super Sprints. We just talked about sprint car racing. You know it's going to be wild. Um, Jared Horseman, two for two right now at I-96 Speedway. So uh, we'll see if somebody can break that streak. Gates open at 5, racing at 8 o'clock Friday at I-96 Speedway. And then, Rich, Saturday night, we go back to Owasso Speedway for another fantastic show. Yep, Midwest Modifieds Tour is back in action. Uh, for the Firecracker 50, $2,500 to win for the Midwest Modifieds Tour. Plus, they'll have fireworks at Owasso after the race. Pure stocks, trucks, street stocks, and sport compacts on tap. Gates open at noon, hot laps at 1, racing at 7 p.m. on Saturday at Owasso. And then, Zach, you get to pull double duty. Saturday, just down the road, 45 minutes or so from Owasso Speedway. That part makes me jealous, just we'll, down the road. We'll be <laughs> at Birch Run Speedway and Event Center for the Jag Seri All-Stars Tour Triple Crown Race, number two of the season. And, Rich, it pays to know people. Can I give you a little teaser? Can I give you a little tease? For sure. the uh, for the firecracker, look at my, my eyes and tell me. For the firecracker, I can't. I have to read it up here. Uh, for the <laughs> firecracker 100 at Bertrand Speedway and Event Center, let me let me just tease you a little bit. Uh, Dan Leak entered. Chase Berta entered. Ethan Stanuchek entered. Jimmy Tucker entered. Evan and Brandon Varney entered. Kyle Crump entered. And then there's somebody else entered in a number 71 machine um, in a Lisa Thomas Salon Van Dorn Racing Development Team Chevy Wheeler Trucking sponsored 71. Somebody else has entered to be there on Saturday at Bertrand Speedway and Event Center. We haven't seen her in Michigan in quite some time. And then somebody else has entered in a Premier Security Precision Fleet Image Berger Chevrolet Scott's Coin HD5 Design Chevrolet. He is also expected to be there fresh off a big win Friday night in Nashville, Tennessee. So just a little tease for you. Never before seen entry list, just teased here on Horsepower Happening. So it pays to know people. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's 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 pretty cool. Let's uh, let's jump. Now we have to talk about Merritt Speedway because they got a three massive day show, Zach. Massive. massive, massive Fourth of July show up at the Merritt Speedway All Star Performance Challenge Series all weekend long. This is Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Uh, IMCA Fast Shaft qualifiers as well. Three days of racing, all divisions in action. A special appearance on Sunday by the Lightning Sprints as well. Yeah. Uh, and then on Monday, $10 admission on Monday, and following Monday show, the huge fireworks display. And when I say huge, all you say is Mike Blackmere, and you know how huge oh, it's yeah. going to be. It's going to be massive. So it will be a giant fireworks display. Uh, gates open at 4 p.m. all of the three days. Racing Zach at 6.30 p.m. And then I'm going to jump down. Sunday, I got to make the big drive. So I'm taking one for the team this week. I'll be down at the Nashville Fairground Speedway for the North-South Late Model Challenge for the ASA CRA Super Series and Southern Super Series. 100 laps, $10,000 to win down at Nashville Fairground Speedway. Uh, racing kicks off at 5 p.m. Central Time on Sunday down in Nashville. There you go. All right, there's a list of just a couple of things that are happening this weekend in and around the uh, listening area here for Horsepower Happenings. Regardless, Rich, we don't care where you go. We don't care if you see you. Uh, we just want to make sure that you get to a racetrack, get your backside, trackside, and enjoy a race this weekend. And, of course, if you do celebrate, celebrate responsibly. We want to hear from you again next week, Monday, July 3rd, special edition. Uh, maybe we'll have the red, white, and blue cocktails in hand 
for a, another edition of Horse Power Happenings. For Rich France, Scott Miller, who pays the bills, I'm Zach Heiser. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of Horse Power Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.